Um, we want to just kind of make sure that if you heard the announcements, we want to just get back into some things. Uh, we, we love the, the communication we're getting from all the church members. And I appreciate the fact that so many of you are calling in and checking in with me to let me know that you're okay. And uh, we have ministers trying to reach all of our members. But if you haven't uh, contacted us and haven't called, I'm asking you as your bishop to call. Let us know that you're okay. Let us know what's going on. And uh, let's do this together. If we miss you, you miss us, we can then uh, connect together. A couple wonderful things I want to tell you about that's going to be happening today. Number one, for ages five and under, you can join us every Sunday morning for, uh, for their express lesson for their Discovery Kids. That's Discovery Kids. And they're going to have their series talking about the parables of Jesus like we are today. And they're going to start at 10 a.m. And then Journey Kids are going to have their classes uh, for first grade through fifth grade, virtual lesson on uh, uh, just online at, at 12.30 p.m. Uh, at Google Meet. Please check in your kids by emailing at kids at the frontier church dot com uh, and uh, get connected to our series, The, the Parables of Jesus. I have something exciting to share with you um, as we before we begin this message, um, and it's very important that you hear me. I want you to get close to the camera. Come on, come on. Let, let me see the the whites of your eyes or the or the or the crust in between them because you woke up. But bring them on in. I want to tell you something. Here's the deal. We have embarked on a new way to be able to introduce something to you. It's called Frontier Faith Life, and it means fellowship at your fingertips. How many have been longing for fellowship during this season that we've been down, and you've just been wanting to, to talk and see and interact with people? Well, we have come up with a program called Frontier Life, Fellowship at, a, 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 at Your Fingertips, where you can log on, join in uh, with hundreds of people that are watching the services. You can also be a part of the small group groups, and you can actually click into a small group and come up on uh, a Google Zoom uh, or Google uh, Meet, and you'll be able to have a live Bible study. We've, we've partnered with Logos.com, which is an incredible Bible resource that I use personally for my personal study, and they're going to give us over 400 digital Bibles as well as 370 uh, uh, biblical resources to study from. It is the most in incredible and exhausting way for us to begin Bible studies. When we're going to go, I'm going to be opening up a, a Bible study uh, uh, for uh, the book of Proverbs. We have one that just did Esther, and we've got others. We've got young people uh, that are doing um, their own studies. I mean, I have never seen so many hungry people come to the table to eat. And so we want you to get your email that's going to be sent out this week, and we want you to plug in. Your, your team leaders will contact you if you're volunteering, and then you can actually get Get online, find out what's going on, see the announcements, and plug into a volunteer team and be able to take all of the courses that you want. We are gearing up to fit to be fit. And what is fit? Frontier Institute of Training. We're going to be training our entire congregation, both national and international, so that you can get certificates and training, and you can get your master's, and you can get your doctorate degree here at Frontier Church. Exciting things are happening, not just here, but I am almost uh, so excited to give you some new news. I can't give it to you just yet, but it is mind-boggling what else is going on. But, but the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. We don't focus in the minors, we focus in the majors. And the major is Jesus Christ, 
him crucified, died on the cross, buried according to the scriptures, rose three days later, and now sits on the right hand of the Father. That is the main thing. And so today, one of the things I would like to do in conjunction with our youth ministry, and this way you can communicate with your kids the same way, is we're going to talk about what it is to be in the parables. What are the parables of Jesus? Want to remind you, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m., Facebook Live, YouTube, church website, we do. We are in core. The baptism, we are talking about the doctrine of baptisms of the Holy Spirit. And for all of you that are 12 to 18, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., they're on Google Meet. And the youth are in a series called Building Up Without Breaking Down. Wow, what an incredible series they're having. And uh, you can email Vertical Youth at the Frontier Church and get the meeting code. That's Vertical Youth at, front, at the Frontier Church and get the meeting code. And don't forget, every Friday, we, as we promised when we began, we'll have something for everybody. Every Friday at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live is Refire Marriage Ministry. If you want to learn how to reignite the love, reignite the passion, reignite the, the connectivity, then you should show up there where we, who are marriage, we show up and we find out everything is great. Um, as our voice goes back to where it was before, let us go back to the parables. Amen? Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open up your word to the story um, that is found in the Old Testament. We're going to be coming uh, from... Um, this very, very simple scripture first. Isaiah 55, starting at verse 9. If you pin it there, Isaiah 55, starting at verse 9. And the title to this message is Unlocking Keys, Unlocking the Parable with the Keys to the Kingdom. Unlocking the parables with the keys to the kingdom. I'll say it again. Unlocking the parables with the keys to the kingdom. When, when, when God ordained me as bishop and, uh, and when the early church were set aside as apostles and uh, prophets and teachers, they were given keys. What were the keys? The keys to the kingdom. And, and Jesus when he was on earth, walk with his disciples and apostles, and he gave them the keys because what it meant was the keys was the understanding of the spiritual words and applications of heaven. Many people on earth didn't understand because they were vague, and they, and they thought that, well, what does this mean for me? And Jesus would speak a parable and then give its interpretation so that the everyday man could understand it. You've got to remember, we always study the word by covenant, covenant. Everybody say covenant. Now, that's very important because the covenant of the Old Testament, which Jesus was under while he was alive, meant that they did not have the Holy Spirit in them for interpretation. They had it on them. They were given dispensations of the Holy Spirit so that they could do certain things. As you remember, he sent them two by two into a city, and he had them pray for the sick and cast out demons. Now, let me say this to you. If you're a loner, and you, how many out here right now are loner personalities. You've seen that about yourself. Raise your hand if you're a loner. Listen, let me say to you that God never meant for you to be alone. 
He said he sent them into the city two by two. Listen, you've got to find somebody that has the same heart, same mind, or willing to go with you as you share the gospel. There is power in the number of two. Remember what Jesus said to the authorities of the kingdom. He says, where two or more are gathered in my name, I shall be there in the midst. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in heaven shall be loosed in heaven. So these two disciples were walking into a city and binding and loosing healing the sick and, de and demons were flying everywhere and people wonder why is it so different or why did it seem so different back in the days of Jesus that he needed to have parables because the world was so caught up in other voices they could not understand the kingdom and so the understanding of the parables were given to those who were coming into the kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we say, well, man, you know, I don't see what I saw on Jesus' day. They were healing people. There were miracles. There were signs and wonders, but <clears throat> they were casting out devils. But I don't really see a lot of that today. Y yes, there is. And I'm telling you, it's increased more and more. Remember, Jesus came into the world at the appointed time. What was the appointed time? It was after the Babylons, the Persians. It was after the Medes. It was after all the Roman Empire and the Greeks. And, and, and when it came to the Roman Empire, then Jesus showed up because the Roman Empire laid out uh, uh, all of the country. So they imported roads everywhere so that when the gospel time came, Jesus could preach it, and it can go into all the world. It was the first time in the history of the world that the whole world was united under one nation with roads. Jesus didn't come by happenstance. He came on purpose. Somebody say on purpose. You didn't come by happenstance. You came on purpose. And so during that time, it wasn't just a normal season. you got to imagine the worst of the worst. You had Roman occupation. You had a divide between the rich and the poor. You had segregated leadership. You had the Pharisees who were the, the, the modern-day pastors who interpreted the law. Then you had the Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, that didn't believe in resurrection or angels or life after death, but they were the, the ones that were up in politics. They were the ones who had a mediocre walk with God. And then you had the Essenes, who said, I don't want anything to do with anybody. And they would be out in the wilderness like John the Baptist was, and they wanted nobody to touch them. And yet Jesus was not like any of them. He came, and he was touched with the affirmities of all men, that he might be a faithful high priest to you and I. He, he having been tempted with all things, yet remained without sin. That is the gospel that he stayed, he didn't leave the sinful environment, he stayed and offered a way for people to reach him. That's why when we talk about faith life, the, 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 that fellowship at your tip is not leaving the sinful environment, we are establishing it in an environment. Just like he established his apostles and the prophets and his disciples in that same wicked environment. Why? Because I, many people say, I don't get on Facebook. It's got too much craziness. But when you get on Faith Life with Frontier, it is a Christian environment so that you can study. We've got material for children, for marriage, 
for Bible study. We've got material from preachers that are well-renowned around the world. We've got the best educators right there partnering with us. You can, it is, it's like a, it is, it is a, uh, a Faith Life Front book, uh, Facebook page. You can get on, but we don't deal with politics and we don't talk about people. It is a Facebook page to talk about him. And I want to invite you to it. It is new. It is unheard of, but it's real and it's in our day. And we will be teaching classes to help you learn while you're at home in safety until this period is over. What period am I talking about? I'm talking about the COVID period. Many people have equated COVID-19 with faith. Well, if you have faith, you'll be at church and you don't have to worry about it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just give you some inside information? We are not in a situation we've ever been in before. We have a disease that is flowing through our, our, our country that has no cure. A disease, a virus, in which there is no antidote. This would be different if it was the modern flu. I could send people to the flu, get a flu shot. People could go and decide not to get a flu shot, but it won't affect the people who did. But this, my friends, is different. It's never hit the planet before. We have no defense. And so what we must do is be wise as serpents, harmless of, as doves, as we walk into the world of wolves. People will try to use faith, but let me give you inside information. I know of at least four pastors in town that are dead because of COVID-19. They're dead now, and their sheep are without a pastor because they pushed and said, you gotta have faith. If you have faith, it won't hurt you. Listen to me. We had faith when I caught the cold. I had faith when I got the measles. I had faith when I got chicken pox. I had faith when I had all those other things. But time and chance happens to us all. It's not about faith. It's about using wisdom and prudence. So don't let anybody drive you into guilt no, by faith we make our choices to wait till there's a vaccine or an antidote until we begin to gather again. That way you have a choice. You're not a victim of someone else's. So I do encourage everyone to wear their masks. I do encourage you to join our Facebook Life because it'll give you a chance to fellowship and be a part. Now, let's get back to the word. Parables means something that is placed along something else for the purpose of clarification. It means one story is used to help you understand something else. Let me use a, a parable of the coronavirus, <laughs> okay? Right now in Florida, there are two things happening. We have the highest number ever. Uh, we are only second to California in the number of cases. Yet I see people walking around every day without a mask and no cares in the world. And, they, and the word that I hear back is, well, the news say that we're going down. All right, let me give you a parable. There was a man who wanted to jump off a building. So he gathered bricks and stones. And he gathered them together and built him a one-story building. And he looked down and said, yeah, I can jump. 
So he jumps off the one-story building, lands and rolls. Everyone's excited. But then he says, I want to jump off a higher building. So he builds a building 37 uh, stories tall. He gets on top of the building and say, I want to jump off the building and I want to land. I want to get down. I want to experience it. So he jumps off the building. But this time, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't make it. What does the parable mean? What does the parable of the building mean? COVID-19, when we were down at lower numbers and the numbers were going down, it was okay to think in terms of getting off of the building we were on and getting back into our regular practices. But they're saying the building is, 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 is the numbers are going down, but now we're at a 37-story building. And if we try to jump off now, we're not going to make it. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying is, although they say the numbers are going down, let's get it below the first-story building before we try to jump. Hallelujah, somebody. All right. So, that's how a parable would work. But, you know, it's very interesting that you understand it's, it's paired next to something so that you can understand it. They use normal everyday examples, fishing, farming, uh, housekeeping, family life, uh, royalty, banquets. They, they use parables so that the hearer, it, it, it's required that the hearer have an understanding of those analogies he's using or even the vocabulary. So I need you to understand this. Write this down. Parables didn't begin in the New Testament. Parables didn't begin in the New Testament. Very, very important to understand. Parables didn't begin in the New Testament. Now, now why is that very critical? It's because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Eternal wisdom is eternal wisdom. But the way that he administered it started in the Old Testament. I want to give you a parable from the Old Testament. It is Isaiah 55, 9 through 13. Isaiah 55, 9 through 13. Isaiah 55, 9 through 13. When you have it, say amen. When you have it, say amen. I want you to look at it, please. Um, Isaiah 55, verses 5 through 13. I mean, 9 through 13. So, Here's what I want you to do. Let's read. We're going to go from the King James Version, if you would. Amen. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Watch this. For as the rain cometh down from, uh, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and doesn't return thither, 
but watereth the earth and maketh it so that my word that goeth forth uh, and bringeth forth bud, uh, bringeth forth and bud. Let me read it again. Okay. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Listen to me. For as high as the heaven, I mean, literally, you can't touch the heavens. He says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So as the rain cometh down and, as, and, and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but watereth the earth. In other words, he says that even long before we had our normal uh, 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 people who watch the, the forecasters and the weather analysis. He, he was telling us in Isaiah's day, thousands of years ago, he said these words that most people just gloss over. He says this very simple thing. He says that, that, the, water, he goes, that the rain comes down, number one. It comes down as rain, which is true, liquid. Then it turns into snow in the atmosphere and snow from heaven and returneth not thither, watch this, but it hits the earth and waters the earth. And watch this, and maketh it to bring forth bud that it may give seed, everybody say seed, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Two things that come down from heaven. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My words are higher than your words. And he gives you an analogy. As the rain comes down, it has a purpose. It may turn into snow. It may land on the ground. But even though it's in its hardened form, I don't care what it looks like. It's, it's, if it's coming from God's word, it's going to melt it has a melting capacity to reach into the soil and bring forth fruit, food, and bud. In other words, it gives you the ability to grow. No matter what it looks like, if it's coming from God, as snow, as rain, or as water, it's going to help you to grow. Watch this. And it gives seed to the sower. The reason his word comes is for what reason? To give seed to the sower. There are those of us on this earth that God gives us. You ever had like a revelation when you're reading the Bible? You're reading one time and then the word just pops out of the page on you and you're like, yeah, dog, that's amazing. You just got sold upon. You, you just had raindrops fall. You just had snow. You just had God drop some of his precipitation down into your heart. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the word and going, man, I've never seen that before. Have I read that before? Is that there? What is he doing? He's giving you food and bread. Look what he says. This is why he said in Matthew, he says, won't you roll over and turn these bread into stone? He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh forth from the mouth of God. The, he gives you that kind of bread for the sower. Who's the sower? You and I. Anyone that carries the words of the kingdom. Look at this. But here's what I love about sowing. So shall my word that go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. Please, please underline this. 
so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. Underline the words, from my mouth. Very, very critical. We see from the beginning of the time that God said. God didn't have internal thoughts and just go, mm, that'd be nice. Mm, it'd be nice to have a people. Mm, be nice to have light. Mm, it'd be nice to have trees. He didn't do that. He said the words of his mouth had to come out. In other words, when you, let me teach you kingdom thought through the parables. When you want something from God, don't think it, say it. Say it with me. Don't think it, say it. You've got to open your mouth because it begins the process of the raining down of your blessing. Because we are born again, children of God, we are the temple of God, and the Holy Ghost dwells in us. When we speak, we speak his words. They go forth and cannot return to us void. But they must accomplish. Do you see this? Look at this. Let's read it again. It says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish that which I please. It's, it's my desire. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So listen to me. You not only have to speak it, you've got to send it somewhere. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. See, it's not enough to say, God, I wish, God, I would love to have. No, I command a blessing, and I need you to hit my bank account at 211 East Avenue. I need you to get there by Sunday by 7. You put an envelope on your word. You put an address on your word. But you know what? It already comes with a return to sender because it can't come back. The return to sender doesn't even show up until it accomplishes it. That's the power of the word. You've got to say it and send it. You've got to have a direct understanding of where you want it to go. How do I know this? The Bible says, with all things, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, shall keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In other words, that when you pray something, you don't worry about it. Here's what you do. You enter into prayer. That is the aspect of worshiping God for who he is. This is what Jesus said. When you enter into prayer, you start like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in. Listen, Daniel put it this way. I had determined in my heart to enter into confession with the Lord. What is confession? It's not just talking about your sins. It's talking about who he is and confessing your sins. He went in. Here's how he does it. He go, Daniel went in and said, you are the Lord God of all the earth. There's nobody like you. You're awesome. You're wonderful. It is your confession you started. That's prayer. 
You confess who God is to you. If God is, is nothing more than a listening ear, that's all you. God, I need you to hear me. God, I need you. That's your prayer life. But when you understand who God is, you first confess who he is in your life. God, you're almighty. You're strong. You're mighty. You're, you're matchless in battle. Nobody can beat you. You're the God I go to. There's no other God. You have to have a confession before your prayer. He says, let, he said, uh, in your prayer, you must have a confession as a part of that prayer. You set the stage. That's why he says, enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. You are entering in through prayer, the confession of what you believe. But before you go into holies of holies, the high priest couldn't go in unless he got rid of his sins. That's the second part of the confession of prayer. Then you say, Lord, forgive me in my sins, anything I've done that was untoward to you. God, I ask you, forgive me. How do I know this is true? Because look what Jesus did. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread uh, and forgive us of our trespasses as we have forgiven others who have trespassed against us. Part of his confession was personal confession. Write that down. Prayer starts with godly confession, then comes to personal confession. Then you go to supplication. With all things, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And what he does, he says, give us our, this day our daily bread. And, and then he goes on and says, and deliver us from evil, the evil one actually, from actual demonic attacks. Deliver us from evil. Two things he asked for, bread, daily bread, and to be delivered from evil. Wow. That's all he asked for. In our father prayer, he said pray like this. He asked for two things. He was very specific. And then how does he end it? For thine is the kingdom, another confession. Thine is the power, another confession. And thine is the glory, another confession. Forever and ever, confession. Confession or prayer. Supplication. Confession. That's how we talk to God. That's how his word works. We speak his word, and it will not return to his void. Many of you right now are struggling because you're sitting all day and you're pondering the world instead of changing it. You have right now, I want you to understand, what if God in his infinite wisdom knew that this was going to happen? <laughs> what if? And he knew that we had more time at home with our families than we ever had it before? What if he knew that the race was about to begin that would have to have all of us running strong? And while we've been running, he says, I need you to sit down and get your breath. I need you to refill because the race is coming. You got to be ready. So he's isolated some of us to a point where we're wondering, I need fellowship. And you keep looking for uh, horizontal fellowship, but he's asking you for vertical fellowship. And you're saying, we need fellowship in our church. Come to church. We got to be a church. But you had church for how many years? 
You, some of you even said, I'm so tired of church. Man, we there Monday, Tuesday, we there Wednesday. Pastor got us doing outreach on Saturday. Man, I need time for my family. I need a vacation. Then we in church on Sunday. Man, I'm so tired. But Pastor, you got to forgive me. I got to do first things first. I got to take care of my family. And then God says, oh, you want that? Have it. Boom. And now what do we hear? Oh, God, we don't have church. I don't know what's wrong. I ain't got nothing on Monday. I ain't got nothing on Tuesday, Wednesday. Pastor ain't even going on outreach on Saturday no more. Oh, my God. Hush your mouth. See it in the overall. You got more church in you than you ever had. Now use it. You're not at home sitting empty. You were given how many years of church? Now open your mouth and don't let your words return to you void. Join on the prayer team. Get on the prayer team we got. They got a call every week. Call, if you don't know what it is, call to the church. Get hooked up. They, they call down blessings, and we've been blessed because of it. Get in the prayer. You could come to the church and drive around the church and pray. You want to get out? Get out in your car. Walk out here where nobody is and just begin to declare the blessing. What we do as a church, listen, we haven't been slow. We've been over at Eustace and we've been praying for that, for the building, that God's hand would, would choose to be on that building, that they make wise decisions. We went over to Carver and we joined with other saints and prayed with them. We've been out with, with I am human and we've been giving food away. There's nothing stopping the church. It's just that gathering where you just sit. No, we've been busy with action. Now I want you to take your words and make them work for you. What is it that you're afraid of? What is the thing that you're scared of? God says, I don't want you to operate in fear. I want you to operate in faith. This is a word of the Lord to some of you out there. You are terrified. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I? But listen, you've been taught to not worry about what you shall eat or drink or what you shall wear. For the Lord knows you have need of these things even before you ask. So what you should be asking is, God, what's my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I in this situation? What is it you're doing in my life? Let me know it so I can walk with it. The Bible says in 1 James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Not, not, don't, let, don't ask your pastor. Don't, you don't have to go to your neighbor. Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. There is no phone message for God. He picks up every... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to grow up. And the parables give us insight even after we have been born again so that we may understand the kingdom as it is. I want to go back here to the parable here. He says this, So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. There's a young man right now in uh, the northern states, drove up to be with his father, and the day he got there, his father died. He was in the middle of moving his entire family there to be with his father. His father passes away. Then while sitting at the table in the midst of all of this, his eyes roll back in his head and he goes into a coma. The young man is in the hospital right now. Right now. No one knows what's wrong, didn't have a heart attack. They can't connect it to COVID. They don't know what it is. 
We, it might be because of the stress. We don't know, but he won't wake up. Somebody say the devil is a liar. Right now, I'm sending a word. I send a word to you, son, and I declare for you to wake up. Come out of your coma. You will get up. You will wake up. You will stun the doctors. You will go back to your wife. You will give the testimony of the Lord God Almighty. There's nobody like him. And I'm telling you, his virtue is in your room right now. So you may not hear me with your natural ears, but your spiritual ears cannot help but hear me. You shall not die, but you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. So get up, son, and come home. And give me my testimony back to me. In Jesus' name, amen. How many believe God for that? How many? Amen. See, I don't have to be there. My word was just sent forth. See, I don't always have to be there. Pastor, pastor, I need you to come to my house and pray for me. No, I don't. One of the greatest acts of faith was when the rich centurion said, listen, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. I'm a man of authority. If you are a man of authority, you, have, you know I don't have to leave where I'm standing to cause a blessing to happen. He said, just say a word, and I know my servant be healed. And Jesus said, of, 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 of this kind of faith, I have not seen in all Israel. What does he mean? That was a Roman citizen. He was not a Israel or, from Israel or a Jew. He was a Gentile, and Gentiles were exhibiting faith. And instantly... The healing happened. His servant was healed. What am I saying to you? Don't operate out of fear because of distance and your lack of understanding. I don't have to see it to believe it. I just have to say it. <laughs> Do you understand? I don't have to be there at your bedside. I just speak. My words know how to travel well. It don't cost me no money. It don't pay. I don't have to pay no tickets. And it can beat the speed limit. It's faster than the, than, than the speed of light. Trust me. It's got quantum power in it. When I say it here, it happens there as if I was there. Hello, somebody. Watch this. So we're learning from a parable about Jesus. Now look what he says. He says, so shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. He's given the analogy of rain that has a purpose to, to bring forth fruit and bring forth food. He's saying that is the same way my word, when you get my word inside of you, it's supposed to do something. It brings forth bread and food. So shall my word that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper Watch this, prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Meaning, again, you see, there has to be sent. You have to deliberately send it. And listen, let me say this. If you're afraid to speak it out loud, you don't believe it. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth. So if you say something, tell somebody else you said it. Go ahead and set your audience up. Hey, guys, I prayed for this. Why would I make that statement in front of an all-live audience on Facebook and, and YouTube and around the world? Why would I say it out loud? Because I am certain that my words will not return to me void. Why? Because he said so. And if I got him in me, 
that I can speak things into existence. I've got proofs. Look what it says. He says, I, I love this part. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And then he speaks to you and I. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you and singing. This is when you do. What is the byproduct of opening your mouth and releasing what's in you? When you pray, don't, some people go, well, I don't pray out loud. I, I kind of keep my prayer to myself. That is not how the Bible teaches. I'm, I'm a disciple and I'm trying to disciple you. I made it very clear. I don't want members in my church. I want disciples. If I've got to have a smaller church with more disciples, I'm content. Because a disciple is trying to learn. They're teachable. <coughs> They're not always trying to tell me what little they know. They're saying, I don't know. They They're acknowledging what little they know and need more. That's what a disciple is. That's why you have master teachers. There are people in this world that are in that word so well, they could help you. They could help me. And so those are who I go to. I get discipled. But if you can't submit under some level of discipleship and take no for an answer, you can't be rebuked, you can't be corrected, something's wrong with your walk. You can't say no more in this time and season, this lost ideology that it's just me, God, and my Bible. God spoke to me. No, because every word has to be judged. Who's judging yours? When you say it's just me, myself, and I, I know somebody else who did the same thing. He said it's I will be like the most high. I will have my throne above the heavens. I will be over the stars. I will be like the most high. I remember him too. His name was Lucifer. But he got his name changed to Satan after he fell. <coughs> Watch this. I love this. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. What does that mean? First of all, your contentment is going to come after you do it and before you see it. Mm. Y'all missed that. See the verse? It's going to come Watch this, after you do it, after you send your word, and before you see it. He said, watch this, you're going to go forth in joy and be led in peace. You're going to walk out with joy of the Lord. I'm like, I, I know what I just said. I know God's going to do it. And the peace of God is going to be all over you. The Bible says, be anxious in nothing, but in all things of prayer and supplication. Make your request be known unto God. And, watch this, the peace of God, which surpasses all your understanding, shall keep your heart, joy, and mind in Christ Jesus. That is the state after you pray by faith. You don't have to see anything. But God, I may have a terrible situation on the horizon, but when I have, when I have prayed and put in my supplication, meaning my specific prayer, when I have done so, the peace of God of the answer I've been praying for, come on somebody, the very peace that comes from the answer comes back in time, slaps me and says, it's done. Now walk in peace. And I walk out with joy and peace, as it says in the Old Testament. Watch this. 
And then he says, then the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. What? <laughs> and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. What? In other words, the external manifestation of your prayer occurs after you got your peace. You don't see the evidence yet. You first got to go into prayer. You got to come out of prayer with the peace of God, knowing he's done it. And then you'll see the trees react to you. The mountains react to you. The ground react. All of nature has to bow down to you now. That's called evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's what you did when you went into prayer and you declared it and you stood on it and the peace of God hit you. You were in hope. And the evidence comes when the mountains begin to change. The trees change around you. Your circumstances begin to change. It's the evidence of the unseen. What's the unseen? That you spoke to God and you spoke to it and your word had power. I hope you're following me on this. This is how you get things done. This is how you can have a large vision and not be afraid of how to bring it to pass. Many businessmen struggle with this because they want to grow, but they don't know how to grow, but they have the vision to grow. That's enough. Speak the vision. Stand on the vision and watch all of nature bend to your will. Because you're like, I'm at peace. I know where God has me going. And you just keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Everybody around you will tell you, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to happen. That's too big. You got a big ideas. You, it ain't going to work. But they don't know what you got in you. You let it rain. Mm, come on, somebody. You let it rain on your soil. You took in the word of God. You absorbed that word of God. It brought forth bread and fruit. So now you can use that bread and fruit and speak again and that word won't return to you void. Now you can look around and say, there's my horizon I've been looking for. There's the building. There's the loan. There's my family. There's my son. There's my daughter. There's my uncle. There's a man that was on the sick bed in another city. There is the hope. There is my dream. There is my marriage. There. Come on somebody. It's when you stop being timid and stir up the gift that is in you. Prophecy is no more than speaking what the Lord has showed you. And Paul said to Timothy, listen, listen, God has not given you the spirit of timidity or fear. Timidity is, is different. Listen to me. We see fear, we go, huh, huh. No. It's the, the Greek word is tim, timidness. It may, to be timid means you have something, but you're afraid to use it. I might be a great speaker, but I'm timid, so I don't speak, and people don't know my gifts. I may be a great mechanic, but I'm timid to ask, so nobody knows I can fix cars. I might be a great teacher, but, I, but, but I'm very timid, so I won't tell people I love working with kids. Foolishness. Foolishness. Stir up the gift that was in thee. That's what Paul said. God ain't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. He says, stir up the gift that was given you by the laying on of the hands. This is why you need to tune into core. 
because Cor would teach you what the power of laying on of hands that many of the church don't even understand. He laid hands on him and imparted a spiritual gift of prophecy to speak. But he was too timid. And Paul said, don't let them despise your youth. <laughs> As Jeremiah would say in Jeremiah 1, but Lord, I am but a child. He says, but I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. You will bring them up and you will bring them down. It's got nothing to do with your age. It's got everything to do with the rain that dropped in you. Somebody say, Lord, rain in me. Lord, rain in me. Let it be a double entendre, one where it has two meanings. Lord, I want the rain of God to come down and water my soil and give me seed and let me be able to grow. And Lord, I want it to rain, R-E-I-G-N. Let it rain in my life. Let me not be afraid to use this book I've read all my life, not just as a book for good manners, but as a book for living my life in this world. Whew. Somebody say amen. Watch when you do. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall what? Clap their hands. I'm telling you, watch this. This is why you read in Romans that all of creation groaneth. There, the earth is groaning. Oh, come on. Oh, where are you? They're groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. The earth is waiting for you, daughter, for you, mother, for you, sir, for you, son. The manifest, manifest yourself. Use what God gave you. The earth is groaning. And in this situation, when they do it, look what the earth does. The Bible says that, that literally the hills shall break forth into singing and all the trees shall. Finally, somebody's working the power. Oh, this is what we've been waiting on. Hallelujah. Everybody's been depending on science. Everybody's been depending on education. Everybody's been waiting to get rich. But my God, somebody used faith. Hallelujah. Someone understood the fear of the Lord. The Bible says, watch this. Faith, uh, 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 faith is a wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But wisdom always produces life. Money can't. Listen to the wisdom I've given you. Use what God gave you. Let it out of you. So many young uh, black people in our congregation, I need you to hear me. You have been in a situation you haven't been exposed to great things. Maybe you're a young white male in my congregation, a young white female, and you haven't been exposed to many things. Maybe you're a Hispanic, young, young uh, Hispanic woman, young Hispanic man. Maybe you're from the Pacific Islands, and you haven't been exposed to greatness. Listen, greatness lies on the tip of your tongue. Your exposure is what you're willing to do without fear. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. I'll close out with what he says. As a result, instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. In other words, the seed that you speak is sown. And what's going to come out of it is what it was made for. It's not going to come up thorns. It's a fir tree. 
If it's a fir tree that you speak, a fir tree you'll get. Make no mistake about it. So be specific. Prayer and supplication. Supplication means specific prayer. Don't, don't ask for an apple tree, but, speak, but say fir tree, because you're not going to get an apple tree. You're going to get a nice old fir tree, and you're going to be eating bark. Watch this. And instead of briar, which is all the things that choke, shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. As I close, ladies and gentlemen, in the beginning of this series, we must understand that this one point, and write this down, his word is potent. His word is potent. It does not change. No matter what soil it goes in, it has the power to bring forth life. Do you understand? His word is potent, powerful. And it will be what it's declared to be. And it will prosper in the thing that it was sent. And it cannot return to him void. Now, it's going to be very important because next week we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. But he's going to be sowing seed. And today we need to learn that that seed is all-powerful. It cannot be corrupted. It works if it's sown on good soil. Tune in next week as we get into what good soil looks like. Because right now you may have some needs in your family, your home, decisions you need to make. And you can declare your salvation through your own mouth. Open your mouth. No more quiet prayers. God does hear your heart. But the pattern of scripture is to open and speak it. That's why he says, if you feel uncomfortable, go to your closet and pray to God in secret. He didn't say close your mouth. He says, if you need to get focused, go to a closet where nobody is, but still open your mouth. That's the pattern of the first scripture. And it's the pattern of the last where it says, let no man add nor take away from the words in this book. Let me pray for you. Maybe some of you today are going through something and you need the Lord to really move on your behalf. And I'm telling you, he is faithful. Jesus died on the cross. He waited to the perfect time to come when it was the worst of the worst and he brought hope and life. He resurrected on the third day and he showed them that all the wounds that men could put on him were gone except his chosen wounds that he bled for you, that he, he was bruised for you. Peace, he was chastised for your peace. 
all of these things he did for you that you might have all of him when you confess him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're watching online, wherever you are, you may have grown up in church as a Catholic. You may have been in church all your life, but you've never asked him to be the Lord, direct Lord over your life, meaning God take my sins away and my decisions will be based on what you say and no other one. Don't let the devil lord over your life. Don't let your friends lord over your life. Don't let the news lord over your life. Don't let politics lord over your life. Don't let anger lord over your life. Don't let unforgiveness lord over your life. Let Jesus Christ of Nazareth lord over your life. And if that's you, I want you to stretch your hands towards me and say, I want the Lord to lord over my life. I want to be free of all my sins. And we're going to wipe away some sins today. There are a lot of things that we've done in private while we've been at home we're not, we're, not, we're not proud of. We would be ashamed. And we're going to ask God to wipe us clean and make us whole this day. We're not talking about doing church. I'm not talking about joining Frontier Church. I'm talking about join the eternal body that is Christ Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the head of the body. So I'm going to say this to you today. If that's you, with your hands stretched towards me, repeat these words. Father, forgive me of all my sins, everything I've done during the corona season, every evil word I've spoken against other people. If I've been so angry that I fought other political rivals or if I was so angry I just lost my faith in humanity. Lord, if I'm so hurt that I, I, I just feel like walking away from my marriage. Lord, if I'm so upset with my children that I just want to give up. Lord, if I've just been not the person you called me to be that I know I'm supposed to be. Lord, if I doubted you. Lord, if I, if I put you on the same category with other false gods and false religions, I'm sorry. I repent today. And I ask that you renew your relationship in my heart. That you revive it. For you're the King of kings, Lord of lords. There's nobody like you. You're all powerful, strong, and mighty. You were able to save me, God, when I was covered and sinking in sins. Surely if I'm a believer and I'm asking now, it's not a hard thing for you are God and you are grace and you are forgiveness. So forgive me, Lord. If I've never asked you in my life, forgive me and make me one of your children and let me walk with you and let your truth speak to me. I'll read the Bible because I don't know you. I know I don't know you. But if I read it, I will know you. So help me to read every page, every word, every letter. And if you help me, I'll read it all. I accept salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, there are some of you out there that I feel are having uh, more than ever heart palpitations, heart issues. You don't know why, but it feels like your heart speeds up. And this is a word for you. God says, I'm going to cause your heart to go back into rhythm. I'm going to send my word into its place, into the physical spot. And I'm going to say, be healed. 
and you're going to start to feel normal again. Normal again. Normal. And I have to say this to some of you that are listening. You have asked the Lord, why are things up and down, up and down, up and down? And I have to tell you why. It's because you have not dedicated yourself to be taught by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came, ascended on high and gave gifts unto men. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, evangelists, pastors who teach. But you forgot that it was for the equipment of the saints to do the work of the ministry. You neglected your part. He's brought his part into your life, into a locale where you are. Yet you have not submitted yourself under them for your personal growth. You have spurts and you think that's enough. You have no idea where you could be if you sought yourself under their feet. Go back to church. Go back. Call your pastor. Call your leader. Say, I want to grow. Help me to grow. Tell me what I need to do. Don't tell them where they're wrong all the time. <laughs> Listen, it ain't about always you get your way in church. Sometimes you have to be humble before you can have your way because you don't know it all. You can't do that on your job. You can't do that with the police department. You can't do that with anybody, but you do it in church. Stop it. We have greater authority than all of them. Why? Because the government is on Jesus' shoulders. So submit yourself with all humility under the mighty hand of God that he may raise you in due season. And you'll see, man, he did it. When I thought I was right, I was dead wrong. And God had grace. So those of you that are fluctuating, you need to reconnect with your church. You need to repent of fighting and the gossiping and trust who God put over your life. Whether you're a member of Frontier or any church that God placed you, if you know he placed you there, submit to leadership and pull on their knowledge so that you can be a disciple and get that word in you. I love you. I hope you connect with Frontier Faith Life. Man, it'll help you. It's fellowship at a touch. Children of the Lord, obey your parents. Watch our children's ministry, youth, this week. Watch it. And let's watch what God is going to do in Frontier Church's life as well as yours. We thank you. Pursue purpose and impact the world. God bless you.